I am Hanuha, Head of Digital at the London Strategic Consulting. Welcome to the London Strategic Consulting's Business in Perspective podcast, where we deliver thought-provoking interviews with top academics, professionals, and investors to help the leaders of tomorrow navigate the challenges of our time. Our first two episodes are being recorded in collaboration with EY, one of the largest professional services networks on the globe, and a well-known member of the big four accounting firms. Joining me today are two human resources experts from EY, Anne-Marie Balf, talent leader of EMEA Services, and Mary Murphy, HR project manager of EMEA Financial Services Talent. We are excited to learn about the careers at EY and look forward to hearing the recruitment insights they share. Welcome, Anne-Marie and Mary. We're delighted to have you for today's recording. Thank you very much. Uh, we're absolutely delighted to be here today. Yes, absolutely. Great. Now, to kick us off, could you just give us an idea of what the Financial Services Office practice at EY does and what roles you individually play within the FSO practice at EY? Fantastic. Um, so hi, everybody. It's Anne-Marie. I'm absolutely thrilled to be with you today and thank you so much for listening into the podcast. So the Financial Services Office, um, or FSO as we call it within EY, FSO is, it's really been designed to provide that level of um, support for our financial services companies in building, you know, our, our overall purpose is building a better working world. So it's very much building a better financial services industry, one that's stronger, that's fairer, and that's more sustainable. The strength from an EY perspective is the support, um, and that very much lies in the people and the technology that we have within the organization. We have exceptionally talented and skilled people um, and a fantastic work culture. Um, across the firm, we draw extensive knowledge from the financial services in terms of transformation, uh, the services that we deliver, and we deliver that um, across four main areas, so assurance, consulting, strategy and transactions, and our tax division as well. And then we have the business functions that support that. And so the business functions, we would have talent, finance, um, brand marketing, communications, um, and our risk functions as well. So our roles, are, or my role, um, is within the talent function uh, within the firm. Um, so I'm the talent leader for our financial services division within EMEA. And EMEA for us sits across Europe, Middle East, India, and Africa. Um, and, uh, and then I'm responsible for the design of our talent function. So the strategy and the design of our talent function within the financial services office. Uh, office. And that covers everything from the employee experience, um, the, the culture change that we have, leadership development, learning, recruitment, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and kind of everything else that gets thrown in there as well on any given day. Um, today, I'm also joined by my colleague, Marie. So Marie, I'm going to hand over to you if you wouldn't mind just taking a few moments just to talk about what you do as well. Perfect. So hi, I'm Marie, and I'm a HR project manager here at EY, working within Anne-Marie's team. Um, I support across most of the areas that Anne-Marie has already mentioned. However, primarily I work on our leadership development programmes across our consulting business. And that involves managing our talent pipeline, supporting the candidates going through that process and running various HR practices closely with our business leaders. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear the different divisions you have. And thank you very much for walking me through the structure of your organisation. 
Um, I have a question for Anne-Marie. I understand that you have worked in many different parts of the world. So could you tell us more about how your experiences differed between jurisdictions, for instance, in terms of culture, values, work? Thank you so much, you. And I think that's it's a great question. Um, it's, it, it's hard to imagine. And it's also for me, it's hard to kind of imagine. I, I joined EY almost 17 years ago and wow. um, and have worked um, with the organization across most of our key geographies. So I joined EY in New York um, and then I went straight from New York to our Tokyo um, to our Japan practice. And I was in Tokyo for about a year. And I then spent um, nine years in, in our Asia PAC practice, so in, in Hong Kong, and traveled quite extensively there. And then about uh, six years ago, then came back to the UK. Um, and throughout that whole period of time, I was very much linked into and working across multiple different functions within the talent space. So sometimes it was recruiting, sometimes learning, sometimes organizational development, and then more broadly into kind of the... Um, the, the kind of HR business partnering or, or talent leader type role. It's been fascinating and I would say there's been a lot of cultural differences. I think one underlying theme has always been the EY culture. So that EY culture of it's very much kind of a people first, very much a collegial type environment. Um, and we very much focus on the development of our people. So it's, it's a great place to bring people into. It's a great place for people to come and learn and develop their careers throughout. But but the I guess the cultural differences are are again there was some some very significant differences and, and some really interesting things. So whilst working in Asia, um, there, there was a very big difference in terms of the the culture, the hours that are associated with it. So people tended to start a little bit later and tended to work later into the evening. There was this beautiful culture in Asia about um, all the teams all taking lunch together and actually having that community environment and that community spirit and, and building kind of your teaming culture around lunch and, the, and sharing of food. So that was a, a lovely thing that we did um, there was differences as well in terms of how work was uh, delineated or work was shared with people um, I feel when when again when when I worked in our Hong Kong practice it was very much you know work was divvied out and you were given specific tasks um, in different ways and I and I feel one of the things that I tried to do with my teams in Asia was to share that bigger picture around well what are the what all of those component pieces how does that add up to the overall end product so people were seeing kind of an end-to-end -end of a piece of work as opposed to the smaller piece that they were involved in so it's it is you know you've got cultural nuances that happen um, across different markets and different places Yes, I really love that anecdote as well. I do think traveling around the globe, visiting different countries is a great way to expand your perspectives on different things. There's different cultures in different workplaces around the world. And that's definitely something that I do hope to experience in my future career as well. Great. I hope um, you get to do that too. Oh, I yes. think that's a really Thank important so part yeah, of, I really of look forward development. To yes. <laughs> uh, back to Mary, I was wondering, uh, could you please give us a little bit more description on what your role as an HR project manager entail? Like, what do you most enjoy about working in the HR team and such? 
Sure, absolutely. My experience is definitely not as varied and as well-traveled as Anne-Marie's, unfortunately. Um, but absolutely, I love my job um, and I look after leadership development programs. So I have responsibility um, for a number of various initiatives um, that are all aimed at ensuring that our people are getting the right opportunities at the right time to really drive their development. So we want people to be at our firm and to be happy um, and to know that we are really investing in their future and their journey to leadership. That's all really extremely important. So it's been fascinating for me to be involved in that um, fairly recently. Um, a big part of that, as you can imagine, is diversity, equity and inclusion. So we need to ensure that our programmes are as representative as possible. Because if we do that, then that means that our leadership teams of the future will be as representative as what we need them to be. And that's extremely important. Um, in terms of what I enjoy most, and it probably seems like the very easy answer, but it's the people. I'm so fortunate that I get to, to work with amazing leaders such as Anne-Marie, who's got such vast experiences under her belt, you know, a brilliant person to learn from. But I also get exposure to um, our business leaders, so the people out there and the client teams. Um, and it's just fascinating in terms of working across the different cultures that our EMEA region covers, which has been brilliant for me. Um, and again, it's about supporting those longer term, really key people initiatives that are so important to our firm's growth. So I think that's what I enjoy as well is absolutely the people that I get to work with, but knowing that I'm playing a big part um, in shaping um, the kind of future success and growth of our firm. Wow, yeah, I really love and admire your vision for the representative future, which I do think is very critically important. And yes, definitely yeah, colleagues uh, are, are such a big part of the experience that you have in work. And I do think uh, definitely with HR talent like you working in the firm, careers at EY would be fast lane to achieving a dream life. So I know for a fact that many of our audience would be students looking to pursue a career at EY. Speaking from the perspective of FSO, how could they stand out in the selection process? So I think one of the things um, for me, it may sound really simple, but a really big part of it for me is being yourself and being confident in yourself because everybody brings something unique to the table. And it's really important that that, that, that part of them stands out and that that's visible. Um, so I think for me, it is take time to reflect on why you're the right person for the role um, and what's that unique proposition that you bring as well. At EY, we encourage people to think about their own personal purpose. So what do you what do you want to um, bring? How do you want to bring that forward? What do you want to be known for? Um, and making sure that's uh, that comes out and that that's very much uh, visible. I think the other piece that I would say to somebody as they're considering a career with EY, do your research in terms of the organization, um, our values, also areas of the business that you're interested in. And then you can bring that to life a little bit when you're then interviewing as well. Um, I think that's quite important that you, you have something to say about those things too, um, and that will help you stand out. But I do want to highlight here, Marie, has a student recruitment background and has worked for a number of years in our student recruitment and is the expert in this field. So I'm going to hand <laughs> over to Marie because I think she's got some more tangible tips that she'll be able to share with our with our listeners as well. 
Thanks, Anne-Marie, and brilliant advice there to kick us off. Um, and yeah, just to reiterate some of the points that Anne-Marie's already made, I cannot stress enough how important it is to do your research. So learn as much as you can about our firm. So not only about the firm, but the programme that you're applying to, as well as the business area. So for a lot of our podcast listeners, sorry, that's likely to be consultants, so learn about it. And also to learn about the location that you are applying to, because I think very often students miss that key part out. But if you get to interview stage, your interviewer will be really interested to know why you've chosen that office out of all of the offices that we, that we offer graduate opportunities within. And so it's important for you to have a think about that, maybe especially if it's a location that you would be moving to, to pursue that role, and why you see yourself in that location for the longer term. So it's really important to do so. And we've got brilliant videos on our website um, that talk about all of our different offices. They're all fairly similar, but they're definitely unique and have excellent differences. Um, make sure that you're set on that choice um, and that it fits your personal longer term goals, like I've mentioned. Um, and one, because one of the key things that we look for throughout the application process is your job motivation. You know, we want to bring people into our graduate programmes that want to, um, you know, learn um, and really succeed um, and really start their career off here at our organisation. So it's so important that that shines through. And I know that that can probably seem really simple advice, but it's probably some of the most important advice that you will hear. We really want to know why you want to work at our organisation, why consulting, um, and, and why you see yourself with EY to start your professional career. Secondly, um, and I'd like to think that our podcast listeners will already think about this, but always develop your commercial awareness. I cannot stress how important that is. So if you see yourself as a future consultant in a firm like EY, it's important that you're also a business person because you will work with clients from a whole host um, of different organisations with various aims and at various stages of their growth strategies. So it's important that you have a solid understanding of what it is to be in business. And that can be really simple, you know, read quality press look at the Financial Times website what are the big topics in business at the moment that businesses are really thinking about what's shaping business and obviously technology and sustainability are key issues at the moment that most organizations are thinking about and try and incorporate what you've learned into the application process so into your responses so an easy way to do that for example could be interview asking your interviewer, what is EY doing to support their clients on sustainability? It's an easy way to just show that you're up to date with these really key business topics at the moment. So it seems simple, but it's really important and it will absolutely impress those that you meet throughout the process. Again, another one that probably well, I'd like to think people are really thinking about, but prepare, prepare and prepare some more. Um, absolutely, you can never underestimate um, just how much preparation supports. It makes you feel confident when you're going into that next stage of the process and it takes the pressure off. So absolutely spend the time um, in preparing. Um, you want to arm yourself with as much information as possible and there's so many resources out there at your fingertips, so make the most of them. So for example, our career site talks you through each stage of our application process. So that supports your understanding and helps put those nerves at ease. Um, and also it talks about top tips at each stage. So that information's there. So why wouldn't you make the most of it and ensure that you're, that you're preparing in that way? Um, I'd also encourage you to have a think about what your strengths are. So we recruit on a strength-based process. Um, so that's the things that you're naturally very good at. So, and I know sometimes it can be hard to see what those are. So my advice to you as a past recruiter would definitely be speak to those around you, 
what do they think that you're good at and do absolutely try to bear that in mind. Um, come and meet us. Um, our student recruitment team work extremely hard um, to meet as many students as possible to support you on your EY journey, so make the most of that. Um, we're now out and about back on campuses again, which is lovely, um, but absolutely we have a variety of virtual career sessions as well, so you'll get to meet some of our consultants, hear about their career, and our people will share their top tips for um, your application. So definitely make the most of all the resources out there. And fairly similar to what Anne-Marie said, my ultimate top tip, be your Indeed, such a great tip. Thank you for that. Now back to Anne-Marie, I have a question about the investment EY is making for the people's development. I heard that last year 59 learning hours were delivered per person, which is really amazing. And what do these learning hours cover? Thank you very much for that question. I think um, Maybe if I can just start off with, with a couple of statements around it. I think learning and development for us is fundamental. It's a baseline. Um, I remember years ago when I joined the firm, uh, one of my, our partners explaining to me or talking to me about it and kind of saying, well, we are the almost the, the apprenticeship model for the rest of the industry and for businesses. So people come and join EY um, do all of their learning and, and develop these professional skills. And then some of them go on to do, to become CFOs, COOs, CTOs, lots of other things across lots of other different industries and sectors. We still continue to do that. However, I like to think of it as we bring people in and we are developing them to ensure that they're meeting the needs of our current client group, but they're also developing as professionals, both technically and professionally, so they're doing some, some of their own professional development around some of that soft skill area as well. Um, I think it's fundamental, learning is fundamental um, to the employee experience that we develop for our people. Um, and ongoing learning, is it's, it's an essential investment for the people that we have in the organization. So one of the things that I continue to try and reinforce to my team, but also to the broader population is you need to continue to invest in your learning, regardless of what level you are, you know, at no point in your career, should you be stopping and sitting back and going, well, I'm done. It should be this continuous learning approach. If I look at it from a, a firm perspective or within EMEA FSO, we do a lot of our learning is done online, but then we also have that supplemented with in-person programs as well. I would say for the last two years, because of the pandemic, it has all been online. Everybody's been doing online programs, but we do, we hope that we will get back to more in-classroom or in-class sessions as we go forward as well. Um, just to give you some examples of what that looks like or what some of the programs are. Within the FSO, we recently launched um, our EMEA FSO Academy, which encompasses learning for the sectors. So sectors for that would be banking, capital markets, insurance and wealth and asset management across the service line. So tax, consulting, assurance um, and SAT, which are very much tailored then to each of the employees by rank um, and the part of the business that they're working in as well. We have a whole other suite of tools that we've developed over the last five or six years as well. We've got some programs that we launched, um, which many of you may have seen on people's LinkedIn profiles, or you may have read a little bit about it, called EY Badges. And our badges um, are a suite of tools um, and a suite of learning that really starts to focus on, well, what is the learning? What's the knowledge that you need? 
what are the skills so the experiences that you need to get as well um, to really start to develop a whole area of expertise so to get a badge for example in data analytic uh, sorry data analytics or in cyber you would need to do a maybe 30 or 40 hours of learning you'll then need to apply that for some in, in a project that you're working on and then you also then need to help support somebody else in their learning so maybe it's by doing some programs um, or delivering some programs or sharing some presentations and then you get a badge to demonstrate that you've achieved that learning so with the badges we've now taken the badges to another level which i think is really cool um, and it's something that we're very excited about so last year we had our first group of individuals who achieved an ey tech mba and to achieve the tech mba they have to have a large number of badges across a number of different sectors so that could be analytics it could be across business acumen it could be across different components of technology to build up the necessary skills and capability to have a tech mba and that mba is supported by holt business school so it's an internationally recognized mba we've also just launched um, a masters an ey masters degree in business analytics and also sustainability, because we see sustainability as one of the really big drivers as we go forward as well. So any of our individuals who join the organization can start to accumulate or start to, to do badges, accumulate their badges, and then can actually start to see about um, doing either the, um, uh, the, the tech MBA or some of the master's programs as well. So it's phenomenal. Um, we do very much see that um environment or that culture of learning it's fundamental to who we are it's fundamental to what we do um so you know i almost tie it back into what marie was talking about in terms of doing your research as you're thinking about coming to join ey if you're somebody who is passionate about learning and passionate about your ongoing and continued development, this is obviously a great place for you to be. Um, and I would encourage you to, you know, as you're doing your research, have a look at that as well, because I think that's something that, that sets us apart as a, a really great employer of choice as well. Yeah, I really love the academy idea, how EY is tailoring to the different needs of employees across sectors and service lines. And EY badges also sound like amazing motivators. This is very intriguing. So. What are some of the other initiatives EY plans to implement in the upcoming months or years? Yep. No, well, thank you for that. I think the I think you know some of the badges or some of the, the content that we've talked about is very much focused on how are you developing some of those technical skills and that technical, either the knowledge component or the technical skills to help you um, engage with and connect with your clients. We also then very much focus on some of the other aspects. So, you know, whether that is inclusive leadership, um, whether it is around resilience, whether it is around supporting and managing your teams. Um, so maybe if I can talk just for a moment or two about some of the programs that we're doing in that space as well. Um, across, uh, across EMEA FSO, we've really been focused on building some leadership resilience. And part of that has been as a result of the pandemic and how we are supporting our, our leaders, but also our teams as well. So really thinking about how are you supporting your own mental health and well-being as well as your professional health and well-being, right? So really focusing on how are you taking time for yourself? Are you 
really focusing on your physical and mental health. Um, so getting enough exercise, ensuring that you're thinking about how to kind of recharge your batteries and ensuring that you're operating at your um, optimal level as well. And, you know, to, to support us doing that, we've partnered with some external organizations who really focus on taking some of the great lessons from performance and sports performance and actually incorporating those into the corporate world. So that's been really that's been really cool to do, actually. Um, we also have a lot of time uh, focusing on our employee experience. So how do we support the employee experience more broadly? Marie mentioned it a number of times, and, and I think we, we also talked a little bit about this in terms of our diversity and inclusion focus. So there's very much that focus of creating a diverse population, ensuring that we have great diversity within the teams, but how do you create that level of inclusion as well so that people are working effectively together? Um, so we've, we do a lot in that space, um, whether it is around education and awareness. So recently we've launched a Let's Talk series where we have a lot of our employees from lots of different parts of the, the organization talking about what diversity and inclusion means to them, how they've made that come alive and how they can share some of that best practice and experience with their colleagues as well. Um, one other one that I would like to talk about is a program that we launched um, earlier this year called our uh, Dragon's Den initiative. And that very much focuses on innovation across the business. So we started off with, we launched an innovation program. We had hundreds of applicants for this program because there is cash prize at the end because you know the, the winners of the innovation program get to take investment money and use that investment to develop their program. Um, and we had uh, applications from all over EMEA FSO. Um, and then we ran them through a number of different assessments to determine who were the outright winners. And part of that program um, provided coaching, mentoring, support for those individuals to talk about their, their programs. Some very cool things that we're getting involved in, some really interesting things. And, and I, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it really aligns to our purpose of building a better working world um, and how we continue to hopefully give back to the communities that we operate in as well. Great. Um, I'm actually an avid fan of Dragon's Den, the original TV show. So it's great to hear how the firm is celebrating the values of the insights that junior level graduate employees are bringing to it. So it was so great to hear how much of a focus EY has on employee experience. Now, many listeners may be founders of new businesses and looking for ways to promote high employee satisfaction. Could you please share some insight or advice for our audience based on what EY is doing right? So um, I would say we don't get it right all the time. <laughs> it's probably a good starting point. I think we do. It's something that we work very hard at and it's something we're very, very focused on. Um, and I would say a lot of the programs that I've mentioned, kind of those grassroots programs are very, they have a really big impact on employee engagement and the employee experience. So the Dragon's Den, I'm, I'm a massive, massive fan of Dragon's Den. I think it's brilliant. Um, there is some, you know, doing something like that in a large organization and enabling our teams, our people on the ground to get involved in something like that with a, with a reward at the end of the day and seeing how their ideas, their innovations can actually impact both at an organizational level and as a client level that's hugely impactful for those individuals. And it really creates that very strong stickiness into the organization. So the, the overall engagement is a, is a big, 
that that creates a big uh, level of of uh, focus and increase in engagement. Um, we have lots of other things that we try to do to focus on engagement. We we communicate a lot through things like podcasts, webcasts, things like that, so people can dip in and out and have access to different leaders or have access to what's happening across the business and ideas that are happening or, or things that are being shared across the business. And those have a really positive impact. The, the piece that really resonates with a lot of our folks is telling stories about telling individual stories. So I've shared with you the idea of the B bond. So this biodiversity bond that, that we're looking at are people being able to tell that story and sharing that story of something that was created in, in the UK, but you know, people now know about that in Italy or in France or in Germany or, or wherever across the, the region. Creating the, the awareness and the ability to connect again is a really big motivator for our people. And I think that has, um, has had a really significant impact. The, the learning piece is another really big engager. And I think the one that I will just finish off with is, it's important for us to create opportunities for people to move around. Um, you know, I myself have had a, a wealth of opportunity in terms of different countries and different regions. And we know that our people want to experience that. Now, some of that experience is you might be working in the UK, but you might have a work engagement or a project that's based in a different country. So you might still do the work in the UK, but you're working with teams in different markets. You might get to go and work in that other market, which is really cool. You might get to experience a new office, a new uh, country, or there's an opportunity in some instances to go and work overseas for a period of time. So those things have a really positive impact on our people and a really positive impact um, on the employee experience overall. And I would say last but not least, um, we do spend quite a lot of time from a talent perspective, checking in on how those initiatives are working. So checking in on how engaged our people are and how they're experiencing life at EY, and then try to make adjustments um, on the basis of, of what we're hearing as well. So that's a big part of what we do. Thank you. Great. Yeah, I really love how the firm is valuing recognition and appreciation for the employees. And I do think it's also amazing that you're making the effort to check on the outcome of the initiatives to run to make sure that they are delivering the effect as planned. Yes, uh, I really love um, all the initiatives, including the Dragon's Den. It's really lovely to talk to a fellow fan because I've been watching a lot of episodes and <laughs> I do hope that maybe one day I'll be joining EYS Intern and have a great chance to participate in an actual competition myself. Thank you very much for the discussion today. I enjoyed the conversation very much. I appreciate all the insights that you've shared regarding talent recruitment in EY and hope it has been helpful for the audience listening. Thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate the invite and I've really enjoyed the conversation too. Thank you. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. London Strategic Consulting is a pro bono student-run non-profit consultancy upholding a standard of excellence to best serve and enrich our client. Partnering with leading societies across top London universities, we empower student consultants who have a keen interest in the areas of consulting and entrepreneurship with first-hand business experiences. At London Strategic Consulting, we place a strong emphasis on collaborative synergies. We endeavour to provide our clients with the best consultant from our student body 
through a rigorous and highly selective process, in addition to the unparalleled support they will be given. As the premier student consultancy in the UK, we continue to provide actionable and impactful solutions to leading corporations, including FTSE 250 firms and promising startups. Visit our website, londonstrategicconsulting.com, or our official social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn to find out more about our recent project and ventures.